there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm Alex Goldman. And I'm PJ Vote. And we're doing something different this week. There's a podcast that we are both huge fans of that is called Song Exploder. And the way that it works is the host, Rishikesh Herway, he takes one song and he sort of tears it down to its component parts. He interviews the person who made it and talks about exactly how it was made and why it was made. Yeah, that's sort of what's cool about it. I feel like usually when musicians get interviewed, they're like, I don't know, like it just came to me in some weird dream or whatever. But because he talks to them about like the mechanics, somehow a lot of times they'll be like, okay, here's exactly what the song meant and like what it was referring to. And it's really satisfying. So this week's Reply All is two episodes of Song Exploder. The first is our theme song, which was incredibly informative for us because even though we listen to that theme song every week, there's a lot we don't really know about it. We knew nothing about it, it turns out. It's crazy. And then the second episode is an interview with Phil Elverum of The Microphones. It is the explosion of his song, I Want Wind to Blow. This was the Song Exploder episode that turned me into a Song Exploder fan because I like... I sort of knew that song. I liked that song. I didn't think I had a lot of questions about that song. And instead, I don't know, it was fascinating. It sort of ends up just being about how getting to see all the tiny little creative decisions that go into making anything, even something that sounds like it came into the world completely formed. It's really good. All right. Enjoy the show. My name is Rishi K. Shirway, and this is a special Reply All edition of my podcast, Song Exploder. On Song Exploder, I ask musicians to take apart their recordings to let listeners hear the inner workings of a song and learn how the whole thing was made. One of the things I love about Reply All is the intro music by Breakmaster Cylinder. By the way, I'm not sure how many of you know this, but before Reply All, Alex and PJ had another podcast about the internet called TLDR, and a lot of aspects of Reply All first manifest in that show, including having a theme song by Breakmaster Cylinder. So they've all been working together since September 2013. When I wanted to find out how the Reply All theme was put together, I discovered a few surprising things, like the fact that PJ and Alex have never actually spoken to Breakmaster Cylinder, who prefers to remain anonymous. They've only ever emailed. So when the guys say, the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder in the credits, they really mean it. They don't even know if Breakmaster is a he or a she. I interviewed Breakmaster Cylinder, but out of respect for his or her privacy and mystery, I had an actor replace Breakmaster Cylinder's voice. Or did I? I'm sworn to secrecy. I also discovered that before there was a theme for Reply All, before there was even a theme for TLDR, PJ and Alex first had to agree on whether or not their podcast should have a theme at all. Here's PJ. Alex wanted one and I didn't want one. I think I remember like feeling like it was not a good idea because you would end up having episodes that didn't tonally fit the theme song. 
Do you remember that argument? Yes. I don't think that I had a particularly strong counter-argument. So why did you win that? <laughs> it's a weird question. I never win any arguments. I wanted something kind of anthemic and breakbeaty and just, like, really heavy. Isn't it anthemic? Like an anthem instead of an anthemic? So many years ago, probably 2008 or 2009, I somehow stumbled upon a video that Breakmaster Cylinder made, which was a remix of Mr. Sandman by the Cordettes. Mr. Sandman, It was this video that was just the most gruesome moments from every horror movie strung together to the tune of this sort of creepy, distorted remix of Mr. Sandman. And I was like, whoa, this is someone I want to keep an eye on. So I started looking through Breakmaster Cylinder's other videos, and I started following their music. And then when it came time to do a theme song, I was like, who is just weird enough to work with us and make this thing? My name is Breakmaster Cylinder, and I first wrote a theme song for PJ and Alex for TLDR. The first theme was received relatively well and was sort of the sound of the show. In retrospect, it feels more childish, I guess. It's sort of goofier. I think that initially we were enamored of the idea of doing a show about the internet that was very internet-y, and our first theme song was all synthesizers, and it was all synthesized. One of the things that we really realized making TLDR is, yes, it's a show about the internet, but it's mostly a show about just your environment and where you are and who you're talking to and how you're talking to them. So they wanted to do something a little more refined, maybe. The tone of the new show was going to distance themselves from what that theme sounded like, which was too, you know, little kid-like. I am reading an old email from Alex Goldman to myself in November of 2014, and he says, If I had to describe what I wanted in terms of emotion, I'd try to describe our show, which, at its best moments, is both irreverent and earnest. I had some weird thing where I was just, I was obsessed with Bach. Prelude in C is basically what the reply all theme is. Yeah, it follows the same chord structure. It's the first four measures, but instead of playing each individual 16th note, you bring it all into one chord. So what you can do is you can take one measure, and you can block it into one chord, so it's this. And the second measure is this, and third, and fourth. And then it goes the first four measures. And then it goes measures 12 through 15. So, and you land back on the tonic and it's nice. You can't possibly do it better than Bach would have done it. Let's go to those nice diminished sevens. It's really good. This piano in this room is not really good enough to record most of the time. 
That is a fakey piano sound, though, which is a little unfortunate, but I kind of tried to dirty it up in the EQs. I totally cannot play drums, so I just recorded every drum hit individually. I bought some brushes, because they're awesome. That is layered with a trap kit. This theme song is just like layering all my favorite shit ever, I guess. It's a coin being spun on a table, but it's pitched up like exponentially along a curved line. So it starts low and it gets higher quickly. So hopefully it sounds like it warps into whatever sound comes next. Those are two different sounds. That is a mason jar being rolled across a table. And then the other sound is a small glass being shattered with a hammer. In addition to these organic elements, Breakmaster Cylinder also made parts of the music digitally, programming notes with MIDI software on a laptop. This bass line, I wrote a MIDI line and then exported it to five different bass noises. And then throughout the track, I have them all layered at the same time, and then I'd mute all of them except for one and just switch between them when it sounded right. It switches between them quickly, so you get some sort of bee-boops and some rumblier dubstep basses and some sort of warm mid-range out of all the same bass melody. After a few rounds of drafts and revisions went back and forth between Breakmaster and PJ and Alex, the theme settled into its final form. I asked PJ and Alex if the theme song had a title. It doesn't, really, but... It's called Reply All Intro 4, Frankenfuck 1 and 3, Beep Boops Lower Down, dot wave. It's called Frankenfucked because we combined the beginning of one and the end of another... And then it says beep boops lower down because we, I said I wanted lower down beep boops because we <laughs> turned down the beeps and the boops in the mix. <laughs> TLDR is a great show, but Reply All has a lot more depth than TLDR did. They'll be talking about one just general branch of the internet, and then they suddenly zoom in on one human story. And I don't know if the theme does that exactly, but I think it does balance the organic with the electronic, you know? Bach and machine bass, like the human component on the internet, which their show does really well. I think our show feels a lot like both of our personalities, which is like cheerful with like a depressed streak and like a little bit manic. But I think that mostly it's a pretty optimistic show. And I think the theme song is an optimistic theme song. And I like the feeling it starts us out with every week. Normally in Reply All episodes, what we hear is a condensed version of the theme song, but it's actually a longer piece of music. So here's the fully assembled, full-length version of the Reply All theme by Breakmaster Cylinder.
Coming up after the break, Rishikesh takes apart another song, this time the song I Want Wind to Blow by the band The Microphones. It's one of our favorite episodes of Song Exploder, so stick around. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back to our show. You're listening to Song Exploder. My name is Rishi K. Shearway. In the fall of 2001, Phil Elvrum released the album The Glow Part 2 on K Records. Pitchfork named it the best album of the year. In this episode, Phil recounts how he created the first song on the record at Dub Narcotic Studio. He spoke with me from his home in Anacortes, Washington, about his love of being alone in the studio, evoking nature through music, and where the name The Microphones comes from. Plus, we'll hear from Calvin Johnson, founder of the legendary record label K Records. My name's Phil Elvrum, and I made a bunch of records under the name The Microphones, and now I make records under the name Mount Erie. This song is called I Want Wind to Blow, and it's the first song on my record, The Glow Part 2, which came out in 2001. I recorded it in Dub Narcotic Studio in Olympia, Washington, on January 1st, 2001. I just noticed that when I dug out the track sheet. I just recorded all the time. That was my life back then. I lived a block from the studio and I had a key, so I would just kind of be in there whenever it was available. So Dub Narcotics Studio is sort of the in-house studio of K Records in Olympia. And I moved to Olympia ostensibly for college, but I only lasted two quarters there because I just got so involved in all the other cool music and punk stuff that was going on downtown. 
Calvin Johnson invited me in to work in the studio and gave me a key for some reason. I still don't know why, but I had access to this amazing studio and I would just be in there at all hours doing experiments. I was obsessed. I mean, it was great that he was able to work with all this stuff and, and make things work for himself. My name is Calvin Johnson. I work at K. I mean, the studio is just there. People are doing all kinds of things in there. There's recording, there's people doing silk screening, you know, it's just a room full of stuff happening. I said to Phil, I said, here's a key to the Dominicotic studio. I just figured if he didn't know what he was doing, he was figuring it out, and he's just, he's good at it. That's kind of how I continue to work to this day, is just, you know, making mistakes and discovering crazy accidents. Once the record was done, I was like, whoa, this shit's good. I remember writing this song in Philadelphia, mid-tour, in uh, my friend Mira's parents' upstairs bedroom. I just have a distinct memory of waking up, noodling around in the morning and coming up with a melody of like, dwang, dwang, dwang. It just happened. Sometimes it just comes out. This song is kind of an exception because customarily I don't have a song when I start recording. You know, it's based on experimentation in the studio. And I have probably had played a version of it a few times on that tour. So I came home with this preformed thing. When I recorded it, I decided to break it down into just the low G's on one track. And then the higher melody on another track. So I was kind of figuring out it would sound unnatural in a way, but interesting. So that's kind of what I was doing with this guitar part. I've always been really into utilizing the stereo spectrum. Music comes out in stereo. People listen to music in stereo. There's a lot of opportunity there to play with special stuff and two speakers. There's two speakers everywhere. It's amazing. I used to have a musical group with a girlfriend called the Thunderclouds. It was like a Beach Boys cover band, and we would just figure out Beach Boys songs, break them into two-part harmonies, and, you know, we played a couple of shows around Olympia. It was very fun. So the first words in the song are, the Thunderclouds broke up, which is about us breaking up as a couple, and also about the changing weather. You know, it's multiple levels of meaning about weather being a metaphor for my emotions. That was kind of what all my songs were about back then and arguably still are. The thunderclouds broke up And the rain dried up The lightning let up The clacking shutters just shut up and then there's three other vocal tracks which only come in on these like few words that make this kind of elongated chord. Yeah, I've always recorded analog and I still do. 
So in preparation for this interview, I had planned to go down to Dub Narcotic and make digital backups of the reels, which I have never done. They're still just sitting there. But because they're 12, 13 plus years old, the, the reels of tape are deteriorating. The, there's a thing that happens with certain tapes of a certain generation, I guess, where the adhesive starts to break down. And when you rewind it or fast forward it or play it on a tape machine, it doesn't play properly. But there's a workaround where if you bake them at a low temperature for like two days, then you get one or two more passes out of them on the machine. So we were able to salvage the tracks for this interview. I'm playing all the instruments here. I I guess I prefer it that way. I get kind of crazy when I'm deep in a recording project where I'm not really communicating in words or anything. I know I'm so immersed in this sound idea that... If I had to talk about it to someone else or tell them what I'm trying to do, that it would throw me off, I think. Which leads to a lot of logistical complications, running back and forth to hit the record button. <laughs> and this sound you can hear is me walking, getting the headphones on, and walking back after I finish the piano. The alternative is me going back and erasing all of the sounds of me walking over to the piano, walking back to press stop. I like the sound of human life going on in between, you know, in the quiet parts between performances. You know, there's just two piano tracks, but I put the mic like 50 feet away and just like slammed the notes down, let them resonate in the room so they feel huge. The song is about tumultuous feelings. This song sort of builds and morphs into this explosion. And I feel like that's maybe where the power of this song comes from, is this tension that is building for the whole thing. There's this like pulse, and finally there's this release. I had this hollow body electric guitar, this K guitar. I was aiming for uh, basically the sound of water. You can hear the pick sound almost. I mic'd the strings as well as an amp. Two different delay rates on the right side and the left side to sort of create this disorienting, watery, waves hitting each other effect. There's no ship on my sea. It's the last line I sing, and so I go out to sea with the instruments. This recording is me alone in the studio scraping the bottom of a snare drum. I heard that sound first in my head, and I was like, I need this like weird kind of scrape without thinking about snare or thinking about whatever it was that could make it. And then I'll look around the studio. Where can I find those sounds in this room? I was going for this thing, for this song of new characters appearing all the time and then vanishing. I wanted there to be people poking their heads, not people, instruments, poking their heads in the door. I remember discovering that I loved recording, that breakthrough when I was in high school, getting to record for the first time. We had a simple eight-track studio set up in the record store where I worked, 
and just staying after work and experimenting, realizing what was possible with recording, and also realizing that so much of orthodox recording ideology is about capturing a thing perfectly. And I just was never interested by that because it seems like all of the other ways around that perfect sound are much more, you know, there's a vast world of possibilities. So I guess I maybe developed a tendency to work in the opposite direction of trying to do it the right way. In fact, every time I've ever recorded a drum set, I've probably put the mics in a different place just because they're going to sound enough like drums and why not have them sound characteristic and, and new if possible. That's why my project was called The Microphones at first, was because it wasn't even songs, really. It was just sound and recording. And the early songs were literally about recording, about gear, sort of in a metaphorical way, like my heart is the preamp or whatever. You know, it's I was in high school, so lay off, man. <laughs> I loved recording, and that was how I got into doing this, not because I wanted to write songs. Of course, I've developed a love for writing songs since then, but yeah, it was that breakthrough of self-recording which changed everything for me. And now, here's I Want Wind to Blow by The Microphones in its entirety. Hold in grief 
there's no hope for me I've been set free There's no breeze, there's no ship on my sea Thanks to Rishikesh Herway, the host of Song Exploder. You can subscribe to Song Exploder on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use, and at songexploder.net. And thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for giving us a tiny peek behind the curtain. Reply All is me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. We were produced this week by Tim Howard, Shruti Binamanani, and Thea Bennett. Production assistance from Khalila Holt. Special thanks this week to Mickey Carter, Christian Coons, and Fairleth Young. Matt Lieber is a book you stay up and read in one night. Our theme music is from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is by Build Buildings. You can find more episodes at iTunes.com slash replyall. Our website is replyall.rodeo. Thanks, Hover. 
Oh, also, we're on the Think Again podcast this week. Think Again is part of the Big Think video series on YouTube. If you've ever watched a Big Think video on YouTube and you like those, they also have a podcast. It's called Think Again. We are on it this week. We talk about stuff that we know very little about and try and sound knowledgeable. Uh, You can find that at bigthink.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.